0: On this week's Bumper Show. FA Cup glory all over the place. We hear from three sides who've made it into the fourth qualifying round. Starting with Sevenoaks Town assistant boss Mark Dacey. When we get it right
1: that we can be a real handful. It was it was brilliant.
0: It was brilliant. A coach and a player from Beckenham Town reflect after they made history by beating Binfield.
2: It's brilliant for the club. The group of players we got at the moment have, have done so well the last two years.
0: And an FA Cup upset wasn't enough for James Rogers. He also ran the London Marathon.
3: Been pretty horrendous. I think I've just started moving around now, to be honest. Um, and I've had, I've had Cubs on my case as well because we've got a game tomorrow night at Bishop's Storeford, so that's going to be a bit touch and go, I
0: think, at the moment. Plus, we're also going to hear about the ground hop event this weekend, which sees scaffold fixtures moved to make us be able to watch as much football as we can.
4: It's it's six games in one go rather than six separate trips from from the north. That's basically the, the attraction of it.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We've got four interviews for you this week with five different people. Yes, that's right, including the two Kent sides who caused FA Cup upsets over the weekend. I'm John Pipsey. This week managed to go for a run after some recent criticism from a regular listener to the show and then fell over while rushing around at the weekend and sprained my ankle. And on the line now, though, is a man who right now doesn't really like me very much because I stopped him from watching the Champions League earlier on. It's Matt Jarrett. How are you, my friend? Not bad. No, it wasn't
5: you. It was, uh, apparently, I could only have two streams. So I thought I could, after Bake Off, I thought I'd watch the last bit. So I told my nephew he should he, he should be doing his school homework, get off. And he did. So you can carry on using it, mate, for your uh, earning hard cash. So um,
0: on that yeah, I should basis, point I, out I, as well I, that there is a mutual agreement here because you have access to some uh, some other sports channels that I've I provide you I, don't I, need Do You know
5: to. what? I, I haven't looked at that. Phrase on my phone. I was going to try and watch the new fantasy football on that on my phone. Do you know what?
0: I I watched it and I very much enjoyed it. It was it was quite good. Some very good gags in there. Um, not too over the top, quite understated. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The Phoenix from the Flames was really good with Darren Bent as well. Darren Bent a bit of a good sport. Um, yeah, it was. I I, I enjoyed it. I I definitely recommend it. And to be honest, like, it gets a lot of flack every time I see it mentioned on social media. It gets a bit of flack, but never mind the buzzcocks. Um, the reboot of that is also really good. Uh, Greg Davis is the host, um, and it's got the regulars of Daisy May Cooper, Jamali Maddox, and Noel Fielding. And Daisy May Cooper, yeah, she she screeches and howls a lot, but it's, it's insane. And Jamali Maddox is absolutely hilarious. So I, I, I I'm enjoying that as well. So a good, good couple of reboots from Sky there, I'd say.
5: Well, well, I, I've, I've just redone boring talk. I'm going full fibre here, but Ooh. I decided against so which is coming soon um um but of course it, well look you know do all that the cost of, i was discussing this with somebody at work the cost of having bt and sky sports these days is absolutely ridiculous but people can afford you know if it wasn't that i just have bt sport because i quite like the champions league and i had it for the national league of course but that the chance so i didn't need that anymore and to be honest the national league you can get up on the highlights on youtube anyway but um I kept with that because there's nothing better of an evening, and watching a bit of Champions League football. So, but yeah, but the cost of broadband, like everything else, is ridiculous. I'm gone full fibre, John. So we are going to be mega quick soon as uh, well. So that's a bit of excitement. Isn't it? That's the highlight
0: of uh, October so far. I genuinely agree with that as well. I think that I think it's absolutely shocking that um, you know the competition. They say is a good thing, but the competition. The only losers in competition for sports rights are people like us who want to watch the sport. And, and it's the same It's the same with everything now. You know, I'm all for having more options and things like that. But if you look, there's so many different options. Oh, have you got Apple TV? Have you got Netflix? Have you got Amazon Prime? Have you got Paramount Plus? Have you got Disney Plus? It, it, it's got to stop somewhere. And, you know, all these programmes getting pushed in all these different directions. People might, Some people say it's more choice. But to me, I think it's just more money. You know, it's, it's more and more outlay. More and more expensive where you go. And I just think it's I think it's really, really tough, don't you? Well, I,
5: I think it's right. Well, and you also don't really, because of course somebody says, Oh, have you seen this on Disney Plus and you haven't got it and you think, Oh, I've got to get it and you say, yeah, it's uh, but again, it's cheaper than going out about six quid a pint and I can get four cans for about four pounds fifty. So I don't know how I don't know how pubs are gonna survive, to be honest. Why would anybody go to the pub? maybe because they're a bit more social than i am but when you can drink at home
0: (laughs) see now i'm a i'm a pub man you know i I love nothing more than going to the pub and having a nice couple of drinks maybe a baguette or something to go with it and just having a a nice chilled out evening i've spent a lot of time in the pub uh this year um you know as uh, i think has been pretty clear i've had a a difficult uh few months um but it's been a bit of a solace for me going to the pub. Uh, and to be honest, I'm our so pubs, much of the minute, it, our
5: pub's it. Busy. but to be fair, all about pubs, when we take the dog out, there's always these newfangled pubs, these new uh, independent breweries, like pubs that you like, they're always busy in Broadstairs. But again, I, I just, when I went up there and I handed over my what was 11 quid for two drinks, I was like, oh, you know, I, that must basically just being tight.
0: I mean the pubs I go to, yeah, the, the they do they tick over very very nicely. You know, I I, I, I because I am a, a beer snob, I suppose. I only tend to go to the sort of craft beer places that I like, um, and you know that they they do well because they get regular customers. People come from all round to go to these places, and if you like a nice pint, you know, it's it, it for me, it's, it's perfect. I, you know, I don't, I, I guess it shows how drinking habits have changed because I don't like to go out and just have. 10 pints for the sake of having 10 pints. I like to go out and have nice drinks that I know I'm going to like and if I only have 3 or 4 nice drinks I can still come home and say well I've had a nice evening, you know. And as you kind of get along, you know, and, and it is hard, you know. I don't know if I've ever said this, but my mum dad used to run a pub when I was a teenager in Whitstable Um and you know the the trade and industry has changed so much since then. I mean the price of a pint has doubled in the in the what 15 years since they stopped being publicans for a start that's one thing um and obviously i'd imagine the profit margins that breweries are are, are putting on pubs are are making them less and less as well but all these pubs now you've got to have a hook as far as i'm concerned you know it's not like people just will depend on oh we're just going to go to the boozer every night we're going to go to the boozer every friday you know you've got to have something to bring people in um you know so many pubs now it's all about the food and everything like that and and the, the pub industry and and the hospitality industry has changed so so much, and I, and I find it fascinating really, but you know all the times so, where, where would are still you say going. the
5: pub have you, know, you said that, fifteen years where would you say, because people I know people I work with their kids you know 17, 18, you know, they don't go to the pub I think they all, and like they drink in or because I, I don't think is there a, well, this might be the wrong thing, is there a drinking culture like you know we when I was sixteen we'd all go to the pub. I've tried to have as many drinks as I well, get smashed and then come home. But I think maybe this generation is a bit more sensible or doesn't do that sort of thing. What I'm led to believe anyway.
0: I think they say the kids these days would rather go out and have and pay 10, 15 pound for one good, one drink that's going to look nice on their Instagram. Yeah, then than go out and pay, uh, then go out and have six or seven pints for 15 quid like we used to where, yeah. when, when we were younger. And I think that's where it's all changed, you know, and they're all. A lot of people are more health conscious, you know, not, you, you see the choice of beers, they're all vegans, gluten-free, which is great, mm. you know, they're catering for everybody, but the knock-on of that is that the price of a pint has risen, and it's it's, diff- it's different, and, you know, it's going to, this is a football show, but it must have a knock-on effect on our, on our football clubs as well, because, you know, when they're trying to, they, they the bar takings may make a difference to them and getting people in, and, and, you know, it's always nice for me when I go to games that, at some of the smaller grounds in the scaffold and you see the bars packed after the game and i think that's really good but you know you're in a difficult situation because so many people are driving more um and everything like that so it is it is really difficult and and you know it's fascinating to know how how the the, the difference in drinking culture is having a different a, an effect on on everything including our football teams
5: well i think you look at bromley how they've done it they've got the the bar and built their thing up there again that's that's, a, that's that's that is a, a place where you can have a lovely food and a pint as well they've looked at that market clearly and that's how it will be
0: yes let's get on with the uh, with the show oh, yeah. it's our 228th episode this week uh, and you're gonna get some history lesson here you know i haven't done one of these for a while actually uh, good old proper history lesson, uh, the 228 incident. I'm going to hand over to my friends at Wikipedia now. Uh, the 228 incident was an anti-government uprising in Taiwan. that was violently suppressed by the Kuomintang-led na- nationalist government of the Republic of China. Uh, directed by Provincial Governor Chen Yi and President Chiang Kisek. I should have read this first. Uh, thousands uh-huh. of civilians were killed beginning on the February the 28, 1947, 228. Uh, the number of deaths from the incident massacre was estimated to be between 18,000 and 28,000. I think it's one of the most important events in Taiwan's modern history. Critical impetus for the Taiwan independence movement. Uh, fascinating. I, I, I love things like that. I mean, I love that when I went to Berlin, all this modern history. I mean, obviously, I don't know if nearly 30,000 people dying, but... You know these are things we should learn at school rather than about bloody air raid shelters and the industrial revolution as far as i'm concerned
5: i've learned something there that's the first thing i always thought you know 9 11 was the first thing to sort of do a date but clearly two to eight um with another one like that so i thought the 9 11 was one of those things they utilized for a date and that was one of the first things it did but it didn't amazing I've learned something
0: today, John. You better move on. Happy to help. Uh, Let's get on with the show then. And we have to start with the FA Cup, where of our six teams in the third qualifying round, four of them made it through, including two who beat teams from a step above. We're going to hear from both of those teams and we're going to start with Seven Oaks Town, who had a long journey west to face Bath City of the National League South, and you're gonna hear about that journey. And they stunned their hosts with a one nil win. Even more impressive, they did it with their manager at home with his new baby. Stepping up in the dugout and on the podcast is assistant boss Mark Dacey. And I started by asking him about the win at Twerton Park.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a great day for the club. Um we we were lucky that we got quite a lot of analysis on Bath so we knew what to expect and, and how they were going to play, and we set ourselves up to to deal with that, and uh, we, we we did it to a tee. Uh, so we 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 kind of flipped the chart a little bit on on telling the boys to to not play the occasion, but be in the moment and uh, enjoy the fact that you're going to be playing in front of a big crowd, and that you know when when we get it right, that we can be a real handful, and uh, yeah, it, it was. It was it was brilliant.
0: It was brilliant. A big crowd, proper stadium as well, isn't it? It's lovely Twerton Park. Like that's the sort of thing that players at, at Step Four—it's it's a dream to play at places like that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean we've we've got boys that have played at, at, at Step Two, Step Three. Uh, we've got boys that will go on to do that. Um, you have uh, a, a few things um, within Step Four that have got really, really good setups and get really good numbers. Uh, if we look at last season, for example, our time I Glebe, Chatham's an incredible setup. Um Sheffy as well, they're, they're getting anything from 400 to, to maybe sevens. I think when they played each other last year, it was over 2,000 there. So you do get the occasional games where you get the big crowds. Um, but yeah, when you, when you go, when, when we arrive um, Saturday and you walk on the pitch and and the pitch was a carpet, and you're looking at four stands around. And um, obviously, it's a little bit different because you look behind the goal that we were shooting behind, and and it was empty. And then you look behind the goal that we're defending, and it's and it's packed. It's uh, it is a nice sight to see.
0: And obviously, a, a great moment to, to to get the to get the win. Was it a comfortable one Neil, or were we hanging on at times? Um, I
1: wouldn't say we were hanging on or so. We definitely had to arrive a few waves. Waves, sorry. Um, I think we were we were really tired near the end. Um, but I think part of that was down to the fact that we had we had issues getting there. It took a lot longer than what it was. I think we arrived at about about ten past two, so 50 minutes before kick off. Whereas you know we we arrive at quarter past one on a home game. Uh, so I think the boys were still a little bit leggy. We had to get in, get the kit sorted, get them out as quickly as possible. So um, I definitely think that played a part. But with the utmost respect to Bath. they were great They're really organised. Um, but didn't really feel threatened. they probably what we thought was their biggest threat from the analysis that we got. They didn't really chuck it at us enough, um, which was which was. First of all, I think down to the credit for the players um, on defending those areas really well to stop that threat. Uh, But I definitely thought at times um, when Bath had the opportunities to do what they're strong at from certain positions that they turned it down. Uh, So it it did somewhat play into our hands a little
0: bit. So you you say that you were able to to learn a lot about Bath before you played them. How do you do that? There's a lot of stuff on on social media that you can find. But ultimately, we've got a really good analysis
1: team that go out and watch games. Um, you also, through relationships from managers, uh, other teams might be able to help you out with information on you know, teams in the league that we know, and they'll give you information on their formation, style of play, uh, individual players, uh, biggest threats, sometimes weaknesses. And, and then you can play the game plan from there, really.
0: And obviously, did all this on Saturday without Harry. Uh, how did he keep up with the game? And I guess he was made a, a very good week for him, even better.
1: Yeah, uh, to be honest, it was it would have been the icing on the cake if he would have been there. But so uh, like, first of all, we we, we continue to uh, give our congratulations to to him and his partner Jess on the birth of their little boy. Um, but we, you know, we've we've done it a few times um, with without Harry. We, we I think the biggest compliment that we probably pay him as a backroom staff is that we know what he wants and he'll keep in touch during the weeks that he's that he's not there and um you know we've got a few few backroom staff uh, in in Dan Hogan and Adam Fleming that are, are kinetic coaches so they understand to a T what what needs to be done. Um so, you know, it it, it does make things a lot easier for us to be able to to put out what he wants. Um, I think he listened to it on the radio uh, that was that was coming out and uh, me knowing him well enough, I know he would have been, been uh, a little bit nervous, not really being able to affect it how he wanted to. Um, but he was the first one to message uh, the group afterwards, but one of the boys actually got him straight on FaceTime. So as we were jumping about, singing on the pitch, uh, he was able to at least be a small part of it.
0: Obviously, you, you've got the FA Trophy this weekend as well. A, another game down at Lewis. Um, you know, that's a tough place to go. But I guess at the moment, your confidence is sky high.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, we're not we're not looking at Saturday just yet. We play Tutton and Mitchum tomorrow night. Um, and for us, that's, that's the next important one. We need to try and build a bit of momentum. Um, we haven't started incredibly well in the league. Uh, but performances have actually been... Really, really good. So there's no there's no panic button yet. Um, are, are going to be a good one. We know they came to watch us a, a couple of weeks ago because they came into the bar afterwards, and, and we get on quite well with Ashen and, and his team down there. So we'll, we'll look to 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 go through tomorrow, build momentum off that, and then yeah, Lewis is going to be a great one. It's because you know t- Tony Vines uh, and Nathan, we've we've known for a very long time. Harry's got a great relationship with Tony. Um, me and Adam worked under them when we was at Cray Wanderers, uh, that have arguably got one of the best pitches in non-league. Um, and then on a personal level, my dad used to play for Lewis, so, uh, it would be nice to, to go down there with a first team and, and, uh, you know, that, that's going to be a hell of a football match. We play pre-season. It's two teams that want to get the ball down and play. Um, so it's, it's, uh, that regardless of the result, if we keep performing well and, and uh, and we can build off the confidence that we've got. We'll we'll, we'll be all right, whatever the result. We is falling a little bit behind in the lead now because it's just non-stop cup after cup after cup. Um, but yeah, the boys the boys are in good spirits. Uh, we just need to find a little bit of momentum and consistency to uh, you know try and
0: kick on. You actually took my next question right out of my mouth there. Is, is... You haven't got a league game in October until the 19th, and that—I mean—you could even that could be off if you get a replay in, in the next round. That does make it hard in, in the league, doesn't it? Because you are going to be playing catch-up over the next few months.
1: Yeah, we. So we, I, I, I spoke to the chairman yesterday um, when he when he came into to training, and I know he's been in touch with Harry as well. That really we've so we cut tomorrow, cut Saturday, FA Cup the next week. Um, so. All it is 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 non-stop rearranged fixtures. Uh, I think we've had to fit in four, possibly five so far. Um, So, in terms of if we've got momentum, fantastic, because when you've got momentum and you're winning games, all you want to do is keep playing. You don't really want the the week in between games. Um, It's not great in terms of preparation on the actual pitch. You know, A lack of training times are going to be a problem uh, but as long as we can keep everybody fit and the boys look after their bodies and we said to him yesterday before training started that this is the time now where everybody becomes really vital in terms of of the players um, because for some boys to be playing potentially three games in seven days it's it's going to take its toll on their body so everybody needs to be ready everybody needs to stay sharp and You know, it it, it could be great for us, it it could be, it could be, could kill us off, but, you know, league rules are league rules, games have to be played without, you know, within a certain period after the game's uh, having to be postponed, but, I mean, to have done as well as what we've done in the Cup, it would have been nice to have had a little bit of breathing space, but, uh, you know, that's, that's just me spitting my dummy out a little bit. It, (laughs) It is what it is, we deal with each game as they come and. And
0: that's all we can do. Of course, last but not, by no means least, we've, we've got into a, a decent conversation here, but we haven't actually mentioned uh, the draw for the next round of the FA Cup. How did you all feel when when Ebbsfleet United away came out? <laughs> um, a bit deflated,
1: to be honest. Um, it's probably probably the hardest draw we could have got uh, in terms of. Had you given us a step three side or Beckenham? I think we'd have all been buzzing because you're going, right, we've got, we've got a great chance here. I think if we'd have got the Beckham draw, it would have been fantastic for uh, football within Ken. It would have been fantastic for the league that one of us is going to make the first round proper. Uh, I think if you'd have got that maybe on a Friday night as well, you would have got bumper crowds, whoever's ground it was at. Um, I, I think then if you grab a, uh, a step one side. Um, I know that I know it's regionalised, but I'm just chucking names out anyway. If you've got an older um, 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 you know a, a, a Stockport, a Southend teams that have been in the football league, you're sitting there going right. Well, if we're going to go out, we're going out to a massive big hitter. That's you know, uh, club is is got loads of his, history being within the 92 clubs within the football league. Uh, whereas if we look at Edgefleet. Massive club. They've, they've really started to push back again. They, they play incredible football. But we're playing a team at a level that we've already played a team out there. Top of it, absolutely flying. I think they're nine out of nine, maybe ten out of ten. So I think we've just looked at it going. If we, we were going to go out, we really wanted to to be able have a go at someone and, and really hit, get a big hit up. Um, instead, we've probably got the most in-full team in non league away from home. So I think it's gonna be a really difficult one. Um but we have we have nothing to lose, so, you know, we're not gonna go there and park the bus. We're not gonna go there and and uh let them dictate things. We're we're gonna have a real go. Um and, and if, if that's the day that the, the run ends, and then that's the day that the run ends and you know we've we've put the club into the history books. Uh so we, we can
0: be nothing but proud, really. Uh, you can hear his disappointment at the draw, Matt. But before we discuss that, we've got to pay them all the credit in the world. A fantastic win for, for Seven Oaks at Bath City.
5: For me, looking at it, it's probably the performance of the season so far for one of our teams. You know, Bath are having a good season in the uh, National South. I've seen them a couple of times over the last few seasons. They're well-organised side, normally decent at home. And they've gone there without their manager. I loved how they did their homework on the team. Social media, working that clearly they did the homework. Rode their luck, but what a fantastic result against Bath. Bath, are, a big, nat, uh, big non-league club. Um, Seven Oaks, little Seven Oaks, the biggest result in their history. Um, and I hope they really enjoyed the day. Without even better, you know, well not even that better, but a great achievement without the manager uh, as well after his uh, on his paternity leave. But unbelievable result. I don't know. I don't know what the odds are with them going there, but you wouldn't expect them to get a result so and as he mentioned the league form has been a little bit iffy as well so that shows what they can do when they put their minds to it and because we thought they'd be doing right a little bit higher in the league I thought they could be um one of the promotion contenders this season and uh, they haven't done so far but that shows how well the squad they've got and how well they can compete that's a fantastic result.
0: I found that stuff about the analysis really fascinating. See, I, I often say this, sometimes I phone people up, I know exactly how the interview is going to go. And then when Mark started talking to me and he was saying, you know, we, we were really lucky. We got, we really delved into them. I was like, I really want to know how they do that. And, and, you know, I got so engrossed in that I almost forgot to ask him about the fact that they got Ebb in the next round. Um, but it, you know, it's, it is amazing how, how you can see these things. And he says, you know, we use everything that we've got available to us. And, and from the sounds of what you're saying there, um, what we were saying off the record as well that coaching team they've got at seven oaks are a close-knit bunch and so i think as he said there you know we know what harry would expect from us so even though he wasn't there we we, we knew that we did exactly what what he would have wanted us to do and you know fantastic and and you know full credit to to, to mark and, and everyone else who was in the dugout at the weekend but also full credit to harry hudson because he has built a team there he's, he's built a club there he's, he's building from the from you know where where we took over last year already. They've made great strides, and the only worry, is as you said there, Matt, about the league form because they haven't had a great start in the league. But it's so it's so difficult when you've got all these cup matches. They've got another cup match tomorrow night. They've already pulled out of the Kent Senior Cup. They've got another cup match on Saturday, and as I said to him there, their next league match on a Saturday isn't until the 22nd of October, something like that. And and, and you know here we are. It's the it's the fourth, and they've got a long wait for their next league game. It's, it's,
5: it's yeah. very very tough, isn't it? Well, I suppose you look at it. You've got success in the cup competition, so your league position goes back. But I presume they're hoping that that will, you know, the cup form will merge into the league form because there will be a time, you know, where they will go out of these cup competitions and they've got to concentrate on the league. But I think, um, yeah, an excellent excellent result, and they can move. They can really use that. And it's interesting what he said as well about I think he said about the players he's got there. We've got players who played at a high level and we've got players who will go on to play on a high level. So I think they're building teams up and squads up from where they want to go. And again, I think they just what they've done since he came in probably about February time, um Harry Hudson with his team, the hard work they do is is build players up um to be successful and They've brought they're they're on a run. Uh, it's a fantastic result against Bath. The next one is going to be tough. I would have thought against Embsley, but nobody expected them to beat Bath, did they?
0: No, I think that was the that that was the frustrating thing, wasn't it? I, as he said there, you know that was probably the worst tie they could have get they could have got because it's a team that's not too far away, a team that are in really good form, a team that are going to be hard to beat, and they're away from home. You know, I think if it had been at home, it might have been different. But you can understand they'd have want, they want—they wanted anyone probably apart from Epps Fleet because you know, the same division as the team they've just played. It's—it's it's a great draw because it guarantees one of our non-league teams will be through. But wouldn't it have been great if it? If, uh, personally, I'd have loved Seven Oaks Beckenham because it would have guaranteed an Eastman League Southeast team who started in the extra preliminary round spot in the in the first in the first round proper and that would have been amazing. Um so you can understand the frustration. But as he did say there, what have we got to lose? You know, they're gonna go there. Epsite will be massive favourites. it will be expecting to win that game. But you're seven oaks, you've already won what, four games to get this far. Go there and give it your best shot. That's all they can do, isn't it?
5: Oh I think, again and we we got that they'll be well prepared. Very well prepared of what they um expect from this. So yeah <laughs> It's going to be tough, but they've come this far. And what, have, as you say, what have they got to lose? What we always said that somebody from the uh, who started in the first qualifying round could get to the um, first round proper. It'd Be fantastic. If it was one of our Kent sides.
0: It would be absolutely amazing. Let's move on then uh, to another team who started in the ver- very first round of the FA Cup. Uh, flying the flag as well for the East League Southeast. East Beckenham Town, winners of an eight-goal thriller against Binfield. Uh, Matt was there, and after the game, he spoke to Bex coach Phil Wilson and the captain, Danny Waldron.
2: It's brilliant for the club. The group of players we've got at the moment have have done so well the last two years. Um, They're making history year on year for the club. And I mean, today was the furthest we've ever got. Um, But to get into that next round with the big boys now, and and again, who knows, first round after that. You can smell that now, can't you? (laughs) It's getting close, yeah, very close.
5: (laughs) I have to say, an end-to-end game, would you rather win 5-3 or 1-0 with a last-minute goal? Because the crowd have enjoyed themselves today. Defence weren't particularly on top. but some cracking goals out there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the crowd got their money's worth today. Um, and, uh, yeah, some excellent goals. I think that was the positive for us. I think all the goals we took today were really good. And there was a spell in the first half, I think, in about five minutes, where we could have had another three or four uh, really good chances. Um, Louis definitely had enough to get his hat-trick, but we'll take the two today.
6: Danny, you could see in the last ten minutes, you're urging the younger players just to come down a bit of composure yeah do you know what the occasion can get the most of some people especially last 10 minutes of the game do you know what i mean we've got a a lot of young lads in our team and them last 10 minutes they're finding themselves in waters they've never been in before do you know what i mean so yeah a bit of experience behind them to guide them just tell them try and keep your foot on the ball and as i say keep your composure just to see the game through you know because it was a it was a topsy-turvy game anything could have happened at the end you know what i mean but that that last goal at that last minute just sort of cemented it for us and it's fantastic it was a bit like a basketball game at times it was it was it's like it's not easy for any of us playing in it or, or management on the side fantastic spectacle for the fans you know what I mean but at the end of the day I don't care how we win in these circumstances as long as we win that's the most important thing and we've done that We saw the relief of that what was the relief of the final goal everybody went to enjoy the, the celebration as well so you knew you'd done it I was exhausted to be <laughs> honest with just the way the game went like honestly it really was but no yeah it was when, when that final whistle goal goes in any game really but especially with what was at stake today for the club and for everyone involved was just jubilous to say the least. Back to you Phil so you're in a habit of winning football matches as a club as well,
2: is that what's taken you got to this level do you think? It definitely, the momentum definitely helps um, and we have we have got that habit where we are grinding results out when we need to um, generally we've played very well this season um, I think even our last home game against Cray, we we came, don't know how we came out of a 0-0 draw because they were on top, absolutely murdered us in the game um, but yeah, no the, the team spirit is, is really high here um, we're lucky to have kept most of the players from last year and the boys that have come in have, have bought into that team spirit and yeah we, we are a tough tough team to beat uh, I think we're two years unbeaten here now um, certainly in the league and, and only kind of some of the small cup games where we've, we've put out younger teams, um, but yeah, no, we've got a great blend of, of youth and experience from players like Waldo, Louis, Rob Carter, Bluey down the, the spine of the team, um, and then as I say, the young boys that are coming in, they listen really well, um, and they're just all a pleasure to work with, and I'm really happy for them that we've got, got this far in the Cup. Back to you Danny, you've had a decent career, what's your record like being in the FA Cup
5: beforehand?
6: Not bad, it's not bad. I think twice in the first round and once in the second round with uh, Billericke, that was against Leverhead. That was actually live on BT Sport, you know. And just to get something like that is, is phenomenal. What it brings revenue wise for the club and for everybody involved is, is nothing less than fantastic. So you never know, you never know what's next. Well, know? well, the question is, of course, we're going to ask both of you now who do you want in the next round? Everybody wants Bromley, don't they? <laughs> uh, do you know, I used to play for Bromley, yeah. so I'm not really, you no, I don't really want Bromley. Do you want the if best team or the, or the lowest up. team left in it? did you know what? Both. You know, you, you, you don't really want to find that middle team But you'd, you'd like to get a big boy away And obviously I'm not too sure how the results went today But I'm sure there's a few teams in and around our level We'll take them Listen, to be honest At home, there's just something with us at the moment Where we just can't lose Even this season we haven't lost technically Of course we lost on penalties But that's, 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 that's football But at the moment there's just something really special Especially at home And it's, and it's fantastic to be involved with Last one of you, Phil, what's the celebrations going to be like tonight?
2: <laughs> They're always good celebrations at Beckenham. Always good celebrations.
0: When I listened back to that one, Matt, I, I, and I messaged you when I was listening to it, didn't I? I so said, they sound excited. Uh, worthy winners on the day by the sounds of it, from what you've told me. And what a tie for them against Dagenham and Redbridge as well. And delighted for everybody there.
5: Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, well, because of the M2 closure and the absolute carnage down this part of the way, um, I only got there. It took me four hours to get from Broadstairs to Beckenham, so I missed the first 24 minutes I think it was I think I arrived at 25 past so it was one all at that point and um, and when between um that and half time arguably Beckenham could have scored six and they did score two in that time, uh Louis Th- Theofaness up struck yeah the tactic was put the ball over the top and he was in every single time Com- once he scored a couple of times he went close and they you know were all over them they, then they went 3-1 up just before half-time and they conceded and you think oh they're going to get those chances because Binfield particularly their main number nine who was a good player you think could come back into it but they played the second half again lovely goal to make it four Binfield came back but they did Binfield had some chances but not clear-cut chances and then when they get them on the counter-attack so yeah a fantastic day. they all wanted Bromley when they got through a lot of the fans around me from there and I'm delighted for them. It's a tough tie against Dagenham, but it's a it's 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 a good tie for them, I think. Dagenham, uh, Dagenham, bit hot and cold. I see they've gone to Chesterfield and won today, Dagenham. So that shows what um Beckenham have got to do to try and to achieve that, the result. But yeah, really good. Theophanask, very good player, couple of um really young, talented, quick wingers that caused the defences problem. So I was impressed with them. Lovely facilities there, lovely people. And I was delighted for it. Everybody was absolutely over the moon at the final whistle. And I they should be delighted. So what a great achievement that is.
0: Yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, I, th- I think we, we talked about Beckham quite a bit on this show. We talked about when they obviously beat Dartford and everything like that. But you you can only be delighted for them. And, and you know, ev- everyone there. say so we've both had dealings with a few people around there. I know you mm. met uh, Milton as well at yeah, the weekend. But, think, yeah. but Phil and, and, and all the people at the club, they just seem like a, like a decent bunch and, and you know, a great reward for them. It, yeah, it's a tough tie. You don't know what you're going to get, but you'd rather have going back to what you said about, seven months, you'd rather have Dagenham at home than Ebsfleet away, wouldn't you? And I, and I think that that's a, a great opportunity for them. It's not, it's, you know, it's not too far away either. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great tie and the day that I'm sure everybody at Beckenham will absolutely savor.
5: Yeah. I, I, it's again, Dagenham will probably bring a few, um, I think I spoke to Phil, he said, you know, it's it's, it's a big ask for them. You know, a club coming down from step one, they'll be organised, but they will put on a good show and people from Dagenham will be looked after. It's going to be tough, but they've got this far and just enjoy the occasion. That's all I can ask for. And, And all the people at the club, all that hard work over the last 18 months, a big game like this and something they probably won't forget.
0: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. We're, we're gonna, it's kind of a whistle-stop tour, this, because we've actually got another uh, really good long interview for you coming up. Another team, with the second of our teams, who caused a cup upset at the weekend. I don't think either of us gave Folk's and Victor much of a chance as they headed to Dulwich Hamlet uh, on Saturday. But what do we know? Because they were 1-0 winners uh, in that game at Champion Hill, a fantastic result for them. Uh, they will play Merthyr Town in the next round, as, as you're going to hear very shortly, a trip to Wales, uh, for Folks and for the second season running as well, uh, quite unbelievably. Um, but one of the heroes of that day was James Rogers, and he was Hive manager last year. Now he's back playing in the engine room for Folks, and well, also as you're going to hear, not always in the engine room. Uh, and on top of that, he also ran the London Marathon on Sunday. Uh, so we're going to hear from him now. Uh, here he is, fullback, midfielder, marathon runner, legend, James Rogers. Yeah, it was
3: a great result, um, considering the circumstances. Um, obviously, going down to 10 men so early. Um, yeah, we, we rode our luck at times. Um, but overall, I thought we deserved it, to be honest. Um, they, they had a couple of big chances second half. Um, but yeah, with a team from the league above um, and ourselves, you know, we've we've been on a bit of a, a bad run, to be honest. I think we lost three in a row. Um, so we needed to drag ourselves out of that, and Cugs made a few few tweaks to the team and uh, sort of changed the shape a little bit, which uh, which definitely helped, especially playing a, a club the size of Dulwich away from home. Um, I know they're struggling in the league at the moment, but um, I was I was quite impressed with them actually. They're they're not a bad side, um, so to come away with a uh, with an FA Cup win, yeah, was was
4: brilliant for the club in general, really. It
3: yeah,
5: was pretty praising of you, uh, Neil Cugley, because you had to start in midfield and then back to uh, left back as well, so. Needs must, I suppose, when you're down to 10 men.
3: Yeah, yeah, I didn't mind, actually. I quite enjoyed uh, starting at left-back. Um, it's been quite a few years um, since I played there. Obviously, um, I played there for a few times for Dover and, and Dartford over the years. Um, not so much Maidstone. I filled in a few times, but nothing, nothing major. But, yeah, as, uh, obviously, you know, as, as you get older, you lose your pace a little bit. So I've not really found myself in them sort of areas much. Mm. Um, but, yeah, needs a must. Um, I was probably the only left left-footed player left on the pitch on our side. So, yeah, um, no, it was, uh, it was a good
5: experience, actually, jumping back in there, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. The, the draw's been made. Um, you've got to go to Murtha, which probably was the furthest you could actually get. Um, it's, you know, they're the same sort of level as you. Um, what was the initial thoughts when you saw the draw? Uh,
3: obviously, I'm not sure what level they're at, actually. I don't really know a lot about Merthyr. But, uh, I'm going on the basis, they're at the, that's the that's
5: same that. level as you, I think, on the whatever... Is, again, I may be mistaken, but I think they probably are.
3: Right, OK. Yeah, I've, I have heard that from someone else, but I weren't actually sure. But yeah, um, as soon as I see the draw, I thought, Murphy, yeah, definitely winnable. And then I, I looked at it and I thought, oh, i got a trip to Wales. <laughs> um, so, obviously, it's it's going to be a long one. Uh, I'm guessing it'll be an early morning start on a coach. Um, obviously, get up there, play the game. And then, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we'll be back that night, I should imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, as a club and a, a fixture to get into the first round. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a definitely definitely a good draw that we, we can go and win. So, um, yeah, we've got to be pleased because at the end of the day, you've got the conference sides coming in, the national sides, and you've got some strong South and um, North conference teams in there as well. So, yeah, to come away with a team from our level, who we, we've never played before, uh, well, I haven't anyway, and... Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a different fixture. I think the ones you don't want uh, are sort of like the the teams in your league, uh, like the Hornchurches, and because there's it's just like a, another fixture. But yeah, when you've got a team from Wales, and yeah, there's a bit of uh there'll be a bit of spice to it, I guess. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to
5: it. I, I've worked it out. I think this is your twentieth season involved at this level, which is a fantastic achievement. I'm trying to think of what, what's your record lot been like in the FA Cup.
3: It's been okay. Um, obviously, over twenty years, I think I've been to the second round with Dover. We played MK Dons away. I've uh, been to the second round with uh, Maystone, uh, where we lost to Wrexham away, um, and I think we lost to Yeovil at home as well in the first round for Maystone as well. Um, so yeah, I've only been in it three times out of twenty, which ain't great. But yeah, they're definitely they've been memorable fixtures for me personally um so yes yeah, we're, we're desperate as a club to get to that first uh, first round proper um and get and get a real good side league one side hopefully um and again if if we can't get a big league one side then the easiest fixture at home will do and then we'll, we'll go to round two hopefully
5: yeah it's a bit of a change of course this time you know last season you were managing at hive um first of all, how is it difficult to readjust to being a player has it been easy for you it's
3: been easy, yeah. Obviously, I, I know Cug's really well. And uh, obviously, Mev and and Edgy as well on, on the coaching staff. You know, I've um, got really good relationships with all three of those um, people. So, it's been really easy. Um, if they ask my opinion, I give it. Um, if they don't, I don't give it. I don't I don't get involved at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm back to being one of the boys. And, uh, yes, yeah, obviously, when you step over the line to management, you can't really... Get involved too much, and uh, everyone that knows me knows that I love the banter and the sort of that side of it of football. So yeah, to step back over the line and, and get get amongst the players again, it's been it's been nice. Um, so yeah, as I say, I've, I feel like I've got a few more years of playing. yet. I'm only thirty seven. Uh, I feel fit as a fiddle. So yeah, all the time I'm I'm getting out on that pitch and doing a job for the team, I'll continue to do it. Uh,
5: is, have you got your time back? I presume you know we speak to a lot of managers on the show. And, you know, they're constantly, when they're a manager, doing stuff, uh, watching teams, scouting, dealing with players. You know, is it, um, have you got your time back doing that or do you miss that sort of side yeah. of it? No, I don't miss it at all. Uh, when
3: you're working at a club uh, with a small budget like we had and you're you're dealing with younger players as such, and, you know, and they get little niggles and they, they don't want to play and then you've got to find someone else to play and... Trying to get a full squad and organised training, and yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, probably more than I ever imagined, um, but it, it was really, it was a good experience, and I'm really glad that we we took it on. And uh, I felt we'd done a good job actually, considering the circumstances. Uh, looking back at it now, so yeah, we're we're proud of what we've done. Um, but yeah, the, the time um, you, you could probably speak you speak to a lot of managers anyway. Right now they'll say it is like a full-time job, really. Um, I was I was at work taking phone calls when I shouldn't have been. and um, So, yeah, that side of it, I've, I have got my time back and, and sort of like a bit of my life back.
5: You know, you, you're 37, you want to carry on playing, but is it something the older you get, you'd like to get back into coaching management?
3: I'm not sure. Um, I haven't made my mind up on it yet. Um, if the right opportunity came up, I'd look at it. Um, but it's... Yeah, it's never been on my list to do, really. Um, obviously, the opportunity came up last year and, and we went for it. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure how I feel about management at the moment. Um, I'm just going to enjoy the next few years of playing um, at the highest level I, I possibly can. And then if I decide my legs are gone, then um, I'll, I'll look at it. But yeah, at, at the moment, I've, I've not really thought about it. Uh, and I'm, I'm still undecided, I'm sure, if I'm honest.
5: Talking about your legs, um, I had a quick look on the London Marathon website. Three hours 59, 14 seconds, I think. How are the legs uh, today on the on the after doing the marathon yesterday? Uh, today's been horrendous.
3: Um, <laughs> so I finished the marathon yesterday. I, I couldn't. I couldn't walk. It was a real struggle. I was, I was in agony. Um, and then I, I managed. We went to a restaurant uh, with my wife and, and my kids. We had some food. Um, hobbled to the, the tube and got home to bed. Um, and, and this morning, yeah, it's it's been pretty horrendous. I think I've just started moving around now, to be honest. Um, and I've had, I've had cugs on my case as well because we've got a game tomorrow night at Bishop's Storeford, so <laughs> that's going to be a bit touch and go, I think, at the moment.
5: Does your did you? I presume you did the training, but your natural fitness as being a footballer over the years does that help with your running? Uh,
3: yeah, I didn't I didn't train at all. I didn't <laughs> train once. I didn't go out for run one. Uh, one run. Fair play. Um, so I, I've relied on my fitness. Uh, just my mentality, really, to to get it over the line. Um, and yeah, I was, I was aiming for four hours. So to get that on the back of a, a 90 minute game against Bullis away, um, yeah, I was, I was over the moon
5: with that. Again, okay, I presume, you know, after a 90 minute game, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you're 37. Ah. Did your body ache on a Sunday? Then you have to do that again. Did you ache when you woke up or did the adrenaline kicked yeah. in? It wasn't so bad, actually, because I dropped into left back. And we pretty much spent the whole second half defending. I, I didn't. I probably covered about twenty yards of ground um, and just and just stayed in that sort of area.
3: Um, and so, yeah, there wasn't. When I woke up Sunday, my legs were a little bit heavy, but nothing like they had been before. When you when you play midfield, you're twisting and turning, and you're all over the place. But yeah, because we had ten men, and I was just in that area. It wasn't. It wasn't so bad. Um, so, l- luckily, yeah, it went for me.
5: You did it for charity, if you can mention your charity as well?
3: Yes, uh, I've done it for children with cancer um, this year. Um, and I, I actually said yesterday to my wife, I'm never doing this again. How I'm many dead times dead. have you done it then? Uh, this, that was the first
5: time. Right. And you wouldn't um, do it again? I've,
3: I've, yeah, I've literally just signed up for the, the ballot for
5: next year. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I, I presume you know, it, there must be the buzz of the adrenaline of the crowd got you through?
1: Yeah, yeah, the,
3: it was it was really I hit a wall at 20 miles and then I see my wife and kids at 20 miles and 22 and a half miles so that that really pushed me on um, and the crowds the crowds were brilliant um, but as soon as you hit that wall you you sort of don't notice them it goes out the window and it's it's a real battle um, you're in physical pain uh, with, with your legs um, I bet, probably people that can uh, have, have done the marathons um, can relate to it but yeah, it's, for me it was it was a real battle to get them last six miles done um, and obviously I was pushing because I wanted to get under that four hour mark um, but yeah I've, I I enjoyed it as an, an overall experience and sort of like when, when you're involved in football it's more of a team sort of yeah. you know when you achieve something it's a team you don't achieve anything on your own and so to achieve something on my own um, it, it felt pretty good actually and that's, that's the reason why I've signed up again I just
5: yeah I, I want a bit more of it I have to say, a busy weekend. So, first of all, this pod will go out after Tuesday. At this moment, on a Monday evening, do you think you'll be playing tomorrow? Um, touch and go. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, touch and go at the
4: moment. Um, my, my knee's a bit inflamed and sore. My abductor is is
3: really tight. Um, and I tried having a little jog earlier, and I, I, I literally couldn't take okay. two steps. So, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a nice nice bath
0: later, and we'll, we'll go from there. Did he play tonight? He did. Oh, well, so we can answer the first question there, Matt. He played uh, for Folkestone in in their game against Bishop Stortford. But what an effort to do that. Although I didn't even do a training run. That was a bit much, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, it's amazing that your natural fitness. And again, what he said in there, I didn't think I needed to because my natural fitness could get you up and down. So to be fair to him, he has played 19, seasons, 20, 19 years football. Um, I can't think of him being injured that much, James Rogers. So um, yeah, a, a fantastic career that he's had and still going strong at 37. And what an achievement get under four four hours for the marathon. And then less than 48 hours later, he's put on his boots again uh, for Folkestone at Bishop Stortford. So yeah, a great result going back to Folkestone. Fantastic result for them in the cup competition being one down winning at Dulwich. I know Dulwich have struggled a bit of recently, have sacked the manager, um, but not many people would have thought in a big crowd that Folkestone would struggle. But their, their cup form has been really good over the last couple of seasons. Um, so I think they lift their game in the cup competitions um, and it's a good result. Yusuf, good player on his day, can cause problems, scored a good goal. Um, the only disappointment for them probably is the draw. Um I think they could probably beat Merthor, not a problem, but it's a hell of a trek, isn't it, four hours away. Um, it's probably the, the worst draw they could get in terms of distance, and, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, they Merthor beat Gloucester, Steve King, who's taken the Gloucester job, formerly of this parish, um, who who folks to beat last season in the cup competition, so, yeah. Is it a good draw? Probably on paper, it gets level-wise, but I think... Um, distance wise when you want your supporters behind you it's a it's a long old way for folks to go
0: yeah I think um as you said there the difficulty is it's going to be an early start yeah. then a, a trip over there on the coach and and we all saw about the problems that there were with the traffic over the weekend as well so that's going to be a, a ment- it's going to be mentally and physically tough for them to go over there but I think you take it and I suppose one thing is is if you draw that game, then the yep. boots on, on your, you're very much in the ascendancy. Whereas if you're at home and then you draw and then face the prospect of going to go Merthyr on a Tuesday night, that's a different kettle of fish, isn't it?
5: Yeah. I remember, I think Dover had many battles with Merthyr back in the day. So um, I think, yeah, I don't know how Merthyr are getting on. I haven't looked at their records. It's a difficult one, but Folkestone have had difficult games in the FA Cup, the FA Trophy the last couple of seasons, and have won them. And what I would say, they are desperate to get in that first round for the first time since 2005. Neil Cuddley wants it on his CV before you know he retires, um, and I think as a club, didn't deserve it, and arguably Neil Cudley deserves a, a league club at Cheriton Road. So, fingers crossed that Folkestone can get can get a result against Mertham um, and uh, be in that first round proper. It's going to be tough, but if you've got people like James Rogers in your corner, you're always going to have a chance.
0: 13th in the Southern Premier Division South at uh, Merthyrtown. Yeah. Uh, four wins and four draws from their games. Their FA Cup run, though, uh, has been decent. They beat Truro City, who are top of their league, 5-2. Yeah. Uh, then they beat Sirencester after a replay. Uh, and they also beat, uh, as we know, Gloucester City. So it's going to be, it's gonna be a, a, an interesting one. Um, for for Folkestone but we shall see how they go also through as we already know uh, are Ebsfield United who won at Hanwell uh, but it was the end of the road for Herne Bay who led before going out at Hendon and uh, Welling United who you said you fancied that was a banana skin for them and, and they did not play well at all uh, down at Weymouth beaten 3-0 and even missed a penalty uh, right at the end as well through Adi Aziz a disappointing uh, result for them so uh, very very frustrating for, for, for Welling because they they've been in good form then they go and and lose down there and and you know with all due respect Weymouth did lose to Dover
5: exactly so I I was quite surprised about that but Weymouth lifted in the but I have to say John we probably we probably got more through than I thought we did would have one minute to three last Saturday so uh, very good news for our sides and say we are guaranteed at least one Kent side in the first round proper um um, Maystone and Bromley got through Maystone and Maystone have got a difficult one at Needham Market they beat Dartford last year Needham Market
0: they've definitely played Dartford at some point I yeah. don't know if they beat them. they might have done and then obviously Bromley were at home to Hereford weren't they which yeah. uh, was a, was a, an interesting tie that but they'll be expecting to win that one
5: yeah uh, so, Bromley. and Bromley haven't been in the haven't you know, been in the first round but never won a first round game for a long time so you thought their form there in um that's a good draw for them Bromley
0: yes you would think so uh one game in the national league south over the weekend and a win for dartford as they beat hungerford uh to keep on their half decent run of form at the moment uh fixtures in the national five league... out of
5: six john isn't it in the league
0: yeah five I mean. out of six so they are looking yeah. pretty good at the moment yeah uh fixtures in the national league south over the weekend uh dover at home to braintree it's dulledge against dartford ebbsfeet united host taunton town welling united go to hampton richmond and tunbridge angels take on oxford city now bromley we uh, just mentioned there matt I thought they'd won on Saturday. I didn't even pay any attention. I saw they were 2 0 up. I saw Solihull were down to 10 men. I thought, well, job done for them. That wasn't quite the case, was it? As Solihull scored twice late on to peg them back, but Bromley's still fourth in the table after a 2 0 win at Wood tonight.
5: Yeah, very good, Bromley. They'd um, be disappointed with the. Uh, on Saturday, I didn't realise that and won until the next morning until so I checked teletext with the goal scorers. When um, well, I left it, they were 2 0 up. And, cause I was, at Beckenham, I was talking to a groundhopper, which we'll go on to in a minute. And he was a big Bromley fan and he was he kept me in fair play to them, he was keeping me informed when I got there, what the goals were like, etc. And he was a Bromley fan, and he said, Oh, I said to him before I left, oh, two up and they're down to ten. And he was pleased at that, and I didn't realise that. But no, but if you'd have offered him four points out of the two games against Bournemouth against Solihull, who were in and around them, they would have probably taken, you know, they're taking your hand off. And I think that shows how good Bromley are. Maybe they're the best of the rest, apart from the three big boys at the top.
0: Yes, exactly. Mason United just above the relegation places uh, after a couple of defeats this week. They've beaten 3-1 at Borenwood uh, on Saturday, and then they've lost 4-3 in a thriller at Barnet. I tell you what, not, never dull being a Barnett fan at the moment, because the other week, they didn't they lose 4-3 at Dagenham? They've lost 5-0 at home on Saturday and won 4-3 tonight. That's... Yeah. Not- Quite something. 22 goals scored and 25 against in their 12 games. Uh, Dagenham, 22-4 and 28 against. So, uh, goals galore there. So, surely that Beckenham uh, Dagenham game should be quite a thriller, I'd imagine.
5: Oh, well, I thought, looking at that, again, back to Maidstone, I think they conceded 29 in their 12 games. Um, the defensively, they've got a few injury problems defensively, but it's very, very tight down the bottom of the National South. So You know, a couple of wins, you can move up that table and... Maidstone probably could do that one in the yeah, Gallagher Rock in this weekend. I think they got Halifax, which is a big game for them. Um, they don't. We all thought Maidstone would be okay, but defensively they need to be tighter. It looks like they can score goals, but if you concede in three or fours, particularly away
0: from home, you're not going to win many matches. Yeah, well, no one's conceded more than Maidstone's twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in there. I uh, Halifax were bottom of the table, but they've won this evening and actually leapfrogged uh, Maidstone in the process But uh, ahead of that game on Saturday, probably also at home on Saturday as they take on Gateshead, who are currently 17th. Let's move on then to the Southern Counties East League, where there's been plenty of action as always over the course of the week. Uh, Plenty of goals as well. Uh, loads of games on Tuesday night. It was Deal 1, Hollands and Blair 1. Irith and Belvedere 1 again. 4-2 winners over Glebe. It was Lordswood 2, Beersted 0. Stansford 2, Fisher 0. Wellingtown 2, Punjabi United 1. And Whitswell Town beaten again at home. 1-0 by Kennington. Uh, in the Premier Division on Saturday, it was Beersted 0, Phoenix Sports 2. Irith Town 5, Whitstable 2. Fisher 4, Canterbury City 2. Irith and Belvedere one at 1-0 at Homesdale. Hollins and Blair, 4-1 winners over Punjab United. K-Sports 2, Staten Athletic 2. Kellington 1, Rustle 3. Stansfeld 1, Lordswood 3. Tumbridge Wells drew 2-2 with Deal Town. And Glebe were 2-0 winners at Wellingtown. Plenty going on there um, from, from that point of view, Matt. Still some teams finding their way around. A little bit of inconsistency creeping in for some of our teams. But Irith and Belvedere march on. Yes, nine wins
5: out of nine. Seven points clear at the top. Um, they're, they're the consistent side. Deal 2 Draws in the last two, they'll be disappointed with that. I have to say though, John, I tip Wits the ball to win the league. Very, very inconsistent line in ninth, fifteen points off the top. They'll be disappointed with that um, start to the season. And you know, if if they're going to be at the top of the table, no disrespect to Kennington, they don't really want to be losing that game, do they? So particularly at home with the new pitch, they need to make sure that the, um, the Belmont comes a bit of a fortress for them. So yeah, disappointing stuff for them, but Eris and Belvedere winning football matches. Um, we didn't think anybody would run away with it, but they're the team to watch at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we spoke to them a couple of weeks ago on the show, didn't we? And, uh, yeah. they were, uh, that they were in, in good form. I've said the disappointment in the Vars, but winning games of football is all they can do. So, yeah. uh, yeah, congratulations, uh, to them on that front. We're going to, um, before we run through the fixtures for the scaffold this weekend, it's actually a very, very special weekend. Uh, It is the Ground Hop UK weekend. You may not have known a lot about this and... You're you're about to, because we've got a really good interview for you uh, to tell us all about it. But basically, uh, a load of the fixtures over the weekend in the scaffold, Premier and First Divisions have been moved about time-wise to enable people to go to as many games as possible. It's physically possible to go to six games on Friday, Saturday and Sunday uh, and watch different teams, different levels, all across the Southern Counties East League. Uh, Earlier on today, I spoke to Chris Berezai, who is one of the founders of Groundhop UK.
4: Um, It's quite a long story because we've been going 20 years in various guises, starting off um, doing a ground hop in Wales um, and then we just started to expand, Um, uh, took on Dorset was our next one, then we started doing the Northern Counties East um, and comes to today where we are doing about seven of these a year.
0: And obviously this is the first time that you've been in the Southern Counties East League, our, our league that's... Almost exclusively Kent, so exciting to, to be down in our little corner of the country.
4: Yes, we are, because we have done very few groundhops in the south of, of England. Um, the further south we've come before is going to have been the Western League, um, but we've certainly never done anything around London and certainly not south of London. So, this is a good opportunity for uh, the groundhoppers north of London to come down and see some football in the South. And it's something they've been asking us for for years in, in fairness. So uh, we would hope that they will um, sort of back what they've been saying and come down in large numbers over the weekend.
0: And obviously uh, it was six games have been moved around time-wise so that people can watch as much football as possible.
4: Correct, yes. Um, that's what we obviously have to do in order to... Uh, to make it attractive, so um, it's it's six games in one go rather than six separate trips from from the north. That's basically the the attraction of it, and obviously works like that when we go up to Scotland. So six trips to Scotland, you just need the one, and you, you get six matches there. So um, so yes, it's a it's a good model, and um, we're hoping people will support it.
0: So are these all new grounds for you, Chris?
4: Um. Yeah, I think they are actually. So uh, I can even myself. I get I get six ticks. So that's very unusual for me on a ground hop. Um, but yes, I think we'll have a lot of people coming along to uh, to add to their their numbers uh, this weekend. Uh, what we'd also like to see, obviously, is a lot of support from the local community. So I'd like to see you know all the Kent hoppers getting behind you know, their county teams and giving this event as much support as possible.
0: Is there any of the six down here that you're particularly looking forward to? I've seen, for example, Punjab United have put a lovely spread for you on Friday night. Um, yeah, that's sort of kind of number one on the list um, for, that, for that very reason. Punjab
4: have really, really, really got a good reputation for, um, uh, for their welcome and for their uh, hospitality and their, their food. Um, I think they're going to absolutely excel over this, this this weekend, same for all all the clubs I think you know the the vibe coming back and the feedback is very good. They're all looking forward to it. I know Staplehurst, just to sort of pick up on them um, are absolutely champing at the bit for the, for this game um they are they are so organized it's nobody's business.
0: It, it, after the pandemic, as well, I suppose it, it's, it's great that people are going to be able to come and, and watch a lot of football. We, we've seen a real growth in sort of non-league football since the pandemic, and I think initiatives like what you're doing and what, and what you've helped organise are, are only going to strengthen that, aren't they? I
4: think so. Um, we've seen this as well. We've seen an upturn in attendances since the pandemic, um, and you know that is all good for non-league football. It's nice to see that people have found out or well, a lot more people have found out that there is life underneath League Two.
0: And obviously you, you're hoping that it will be people from Kent as, as well as people coming from, from far and wide. And hopefully this won't be the last time that there's an event like this in the Southern Counties East League.
4: Well, we would, we would hope not. We would, we would well, rather, rather, we would hope that there will be a lot of Kent people there. Um, we would hope that there will be as many there as possible. And certainly, certainly, We are looking at this as a long-term thing rather than just a one-off. So hopefully if all goes well this weekend, then the same weekend next year, in the first weekend in October, we would hope to be back
0: and doing more games in the South East. And just finally, obviously we're very proud of of the Southern Counties East League. We think it's one of the strongest uh, step five leagues in the whole country. So hopefully we'll give you a good show and and I I hope we're looking forward to it.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope everybody is, is really looking forward to it. And we're looking to see uh, the best that uh, uh, the Garden of England can
0: provide us. Well, that's a great initiative, isn't it, Matt? Well, a chance to go out and watch some games. And I was chatting to Chris after we finished the interview, and I said, I'm so gutted that I'm working, because I'd have loved to have done that and go to all those games over the weekend. But what well, what a great idea.
5: Well, I think it's... Um, as I was talking to the guy at Beckenham, and he was saying he'd been to Cornwall all over the place, and... He loves going to new grounds and such like that and and there is a lot of people out there who um do enjoy going to watch football at different grounds and ground hopping you've got that sort of reputation as being a bit bit of a geek but if you're listening to this pod you're probably a bit of a geek anyway and six games in one day and you have to say to the um organizer the scaffold getting involved in this they're really good initiative six games and as we as you mentioned in that interview worth going to Punjab for the the, they put on what the food they're going to be providing and we've tasted a bit of the Punjab food and we've seen it back in the Covid days John that is that will be worth the admission fee alone that food but it's fantastic six games and they've organized it 11 till 6 whatever it is it is on the Saturday absolutely fantastic and it will be a really good event and hopefully more people knowing about it from um, who didn't know it was on or in the local area We'll make the most of it as well. A really fantastic initiative. And again, delighted for the scaffold. And as we know in the scaffold, they're going to be entertained as well.
0: That's what I said. That's what I said. We don't do nil-nil draws down here, no, do we? No, no. Um, and I guess the only frustration is that the train strike might stop some people coming down for the Jamboree on Saturday, but it's it's so well thought out how you've got the sort of closeness. And he's he obviously said they're hoping that this weekend, every season is going to be the, the, the Kent or the scaffold ground hop. And, I would hope that next year you'll be looking at Lordswood, Hollands and Blair and, and those that sort of area getting involved to, to give it to, to different sort of places because I, I think that's a, a key factor, isn't it?
5: Well, I think it is. The other teams have taken it on board and it must be difficult for the club as well because you will be kicking off on a Sunday at 11 o'clock. But if it gets people through the gates, um, I think that's the most important thing. And I'm sure these clubs will benefit as well with the extra people coming in. We mentioned earlier the extra bar takings, the extra food. It's an initiative that I think um, could be an annual event. So I'm sure th- these things are normally so well organised and a lot of people will love watching some football at some place they've never been to before.
0: Yeah, exactly the six fixtures are instantly we will run through them for you uh, on friday night punjab united host stansfeld seven forty-five kickoff and then on saturday 11 a.m Staplehurst monarchs take on rochester united in the first division at two o'clock it's beer against fisher at five o'clock back to the first division for larkfield and new Hyde against greenways and then on sunday a tunbridge wells doublehead a Russell against k sports kicks off at 11 o'clock before tunbridge wells against lordswood uh, starts at two and i think it's an absolutely fantastic initiative and uh, you know, if anyone is going to go to all six of those games, if you would like to, uh, you can hit us up with a, a review of it all. You know, just go, go to each game and give us a 30 second review of every game that you've seen. Tell us what, what you liked, what the game was like, what the atmosphere was like. Uh, and we'll give get in touch with us uh, on social media and we'll and we'll get them on the show next week. If you, if you want to do that, it'd be absolutely great to hear from you, wouldn't it? I'd
5: be great. How many goals do you reckon you'll see in those six games? I'll be dis- disappointed if you're not seeing at least twenty.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I'll be disappointed without with, with, with at least twenty. There's some there's some good games in there, some teams to yeah. score some goals. Uh, so hopefully it'll be a really really good weekend. And, and thanks to Chris for his time and for the effort that obviously he's put in um, to help get this sort of thing off the mat uh, off the ground. So yeah, really really good initiative. So well done to them. Uh, we might the, even get
5: some new extra listeners from this, John, if they can spread the word. I suppose can
0: we? Absolutely, yeah. Um, in the first division, there's been some games on Tuesday night. Bermondsey 1, Brydon Ropes 4, Rotterdam United 2, Lidtown 1. Uh, on Saturday, we had and Ropes beating Meridian VP 1-0. It was FC Elmstead 1, Bermsey Town nil, Brorstool Park 1, Beck 2, Larkfield & New High 5, Croydon 2, Lidtown Town. Winners by a goal, again, came from behind after conceding early on. They beat AFC Whiteleaf by two goals to one. Rochester United beat Greenways 1-0. SC Timothy beaten by Favisham Strikeforce 2-1. And it was Snodland 1, Staplehurst Monarchs 1. Let's go through all the fixtures that aren't in the ground top uh, over the course of the weekend in the scaffold Premier Division. Oh, in the scaffold in fact, uh, on Saturday we've got Canterbury City against Wellington, and Belvedere against Kennington, Glebe against Whitstable, Holmesdale against Sutton Athletic, Hollands and Blair against Hereath Town, and another 2 p.m. kick-off is Phoenix Sports meet Deal uh, in the first region. Of Saturday, Babesham Tri Force against Teething Beck, uh, Bermondsey Town against Lewisham Borough, and Lidtown against Snodland Town, and then next midweek, Whitstable home to Hollands and Blair on Tuesday night, uh, and. That's it, actually. Just got some uh, some minor cup games knocking around. The Kent Senior Trophy and the Kent Senior Challenge Cup. Uh, let's move on to the Isthmian League then. A couple of games tonight. I've already mentioned Folkestone uh, played Bishop Stortford. Didn't actually mention that they lost 3-0 Bishop Stortford. Uh, James Rogers played 66 minutes, uh, if you're keeping up uh, with that. Which isn't too bad, two days after running the marathon in less than four hours, is it? Um, Margate also in action tonight. A thriller for them. They drew 3-3 against Oh, we've got a
5: late equaliser, Margate, then.
0: Yes, 3-3 against Haringey Borough. An interesting game of football. That's one.
5: Margate can see, score a lot of goals. Another team, score a lot, but concede a lot as well. So, and I, I see they've got a newest, Reece Prestige came back as uh, assistant manager as well. Yeah, so, James um,
0: Scott left in the week. Yeah. Uh, and, and they now have... Um, Miss Presley yeah. just come in. Uh Margate also played on Saturday. Uh they were beating three one at Averley. It's it's not been a great start to the season no. for Margate, really, has it? Uh as they were be- and they are currently fifteenth in the table. They played nine games uh, and got just two wins and nine points out of the cup early as well. Uh, a bit of a frustrating one um for them so far. i see Cameron Brody
5: scoring for um on loan from Dartford. He had a good season last year at Cray, didn't he? And he's he, you know, Margate have got him for a while. He's a he's a good player at that level. He got the last-minute equaliser for, Mar, for Margate. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it hasn't been a good start. It hasn't been a great start, particularly when you think Ramsgate are doing so well. But um, they don't want to be swapping places anyway, Margate
0: and Ramsgate next season. Absolutely not. Well, let's head into the Eastman League South East. Ramsgate are four points clear. They've played more games than everybody else, but they they are four points clear of Ashford, uh, who, who've played a game less, and Beckham have played two games less. Uh, but they drew 2-2 at VCD on Saturday, uh, did the Rams... Uh, other results on Saturday it was Chichester 1, Faversham 1, Corinthian beaten 3-0 by Haywards Heath. Uh, it was Lansing 1, Cray Valley PM 1, Ashford 3-1 winners at Littlehampton. Sheffield United fought back to get a 1-1 draw against Whitehawk and there were no goals between Sittingbourne and Chatham. Um, so, yeah, shaping up alright at the moment in that league. As I say, the top three are all Kent teams. BCD in fifth as well. Chatham uh, in sixth and they've only played five games as well. Uh, three Bridges have somehow only played four league games on the 4th of October. That is absolutely <laughs> astonishing, uh, and that is, uh, I, I don't understand why these leagues, and they have all these rules, but I've quickly got to cram the fixtures in, um, I don't know, it's very strange. FA Trophy uh, takes centre stage for some of those teams over the weekend uh, in the Eastern League, South East, it's Ashford against Kings Langley, Billericay, uh against Margate, it's Carl Charlton against Cray Valley PM, folks and Victor at home to Whitehawk. Faversham travel to Gray. Cray Wanderers are away to Hanwell Town. Herne Bay at home to Bishop Stortford. And as we discussed earlier, on Lewis against Seven Oaks Town, I'd love to have gone to that as well uh, over the weekend. There are some games in the league. As well on Saturday, Beckenham host VCD. It's Chatham against Corinthian. Sittingbourne go to Haywards Heath. Hyder at home to Littlehampton. And Ramsgate take on Sheppey United. Uh, next midweek in those divisions as well, we've got uh, in the Eastman League Premier Division on Tuesday night, Margate travel to Corinthian Casuals. And Herne Bay take on Lewis. And then in the Eastman League South East, just the one game involving our team's Cray Valley at home to Sittingbourne. Uh, and then that is it, there's nothing There's that's not going on at the moment. It's, it's, it's strange. Some midweeks, you've got no games at all. And then you've got people like Seven O telling us they've got a million games to fit in, in in no time at all. Um Very, very strange situation. But uh, we shall see what happens over the course of it. Well, I think we've got through everything now. I haven't missed anything out, have I?
5: No, no. It's a long show. Because we've got quite a few long interviews there. So Absolutely.
0: So we will, we will wrap it up pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. Everything... Yeah, it, Everything all
5: right with you? you had a nice weekend and stuff? Yeah, yeah. No, yes, weather was good. So yeah, apart from that, think um uh nothing too ex- exciting going on. I'm back at Crabble on Saturday, see Dover, hopefully. Well, it could be if they get it'll be the first time since January twenty twenty, before even Covid was known. They've gone three games unbeaten,
0: John. Wow.
5: If they've defeat to break. I don't
0: try. know if I've said this before on the on the show, but People in Sussex take their bonfires very, very seriously. Um, oh, Lewis again. Is it, is it starting there? Well, Lewis, Lewis is the main one. But basically, there's a build up of the bonfires and they start in uh, early Sep. They start in mid September. And every town and village has their own bonfire society. And then there's a build up all the way through until the 5th. And last Saturday was Eastbourne's. Um. So I was very lucky. I managed to finish work. And um, decided to get a taxi down to go and, and see the fireworks. I would have probably been able to see them from the flat. But I decided that, I'd, that it would be nicer to go down to the, to the town. So uh, that was when I had the incident where I fell over and, and hurt myself uh, on the way to the taxi. Um, but we went down there and we caught the end of the parade. And the fireworks were absolutely incredible. They were the, genuinely the best fireworks I've ever seen. and. All the people around us at the fireworks display were saying they're the best fireworks we've ever seen, and my mum and dad went and they said they were the best fireworks. They were just absolutely incredible, and you know, fair play to. Where do they love a firework in, in Sussex anyway? I've got no idea, but they take it so bloody seriously. There's hundreds of people doing that parade with all the torches and everything, um, but it was it was absolutely brilliant. I'm so glad that we went down and saw them. It was it was uh, yeah, it was it was, it was it was really good. So um, I think there's more this weekend. There's more next weekend. I think Hastings is next weekend. Um, so if she did happen to cross over the border at some point in October, you would be guaranteed fireworks on a Saturday night. Genuinely, you know, I'm not just throwing that face out there. You're guaranteed fireworks on a Saturday night and there's no fee to pay. So, you know, it's amazing.
5: I know, well, yeah, I know Lewis, love, they love a firework. I don't know why, why Sussex. Are they big? Did, did Guy Fawkes originate from Sussex or something?
0: Who knows? I don't, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's your a job guy-
5: next week to find out why they love a firework.
0: Okay, I will look that up. That will be part of my task. You can find us on Twitter at Kent Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Podcast. I'm at Phipps 81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerrard. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks to all of our guests for their time this week. Massive congratulations uh, to all our teams who made it through in the FA Cup. Really, really excited for you all and was so grateful that... We've got the wherewithal and the contacts to be able to bring you those interviews from people um, who have made it through. And I hope that you've all enjoyed the show. Uh, Thanks, Matt, for your staying up well past your bedtime, as always. And thanks to everybody for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast.
5: I'm too tired to say anything now, mate. I want to go to bed. Basically, fair play to James Rogers. He's a better man than me. (laughs)